Welcome to The Hoop Commitment. I'm your host, Mike Nielsen. Join me every week to get inside the greatest minds in basketball nutrition, training, and leadership to elevate your game and improve the way you eat, train, and lead. Welcome to episode 54. You know, when I was younger, I hated the word sacrifice. Sacrifice meant giving up something good or losing something important to me. Sacrifice meant missing out on going to the movies with friends because I had to study. Or it meant not being able to see my dad while he traveled for work so he could provide for a family. How could I not associate sacrifice with something bad? But once I learned the true definition of sacrifice, I had a mindset shift. And that word turned into something positive. So here's the definition of sacrifice. It's to give up something good for something better. I'll say it again. To sacrifice is to give up something good for something better. And so by using this definition, when you sacrifice, you always win. I'll happily sacrifice $5 if I get $10 in return. We know that $5 is good, but $10 is even better. And then I started reviewing my life and questioning if the things I was giving up were actually sacrifices or something else. I had to look at the time I was trading with my family for work and honestly see if it was an overall positive thing for my wife and kids. Because if you give up $5 and you only get $2 in return, that's not sacrifice. That's just bad math. And just like everything in life, this is a dynamic process with multiple interrelated parts in the system. So we all have to constantly re-examine our personal situations and make sure that when we give up something good, we're getting something better in return. You know, I really believe I'm the luckiest person in the world because I absolutely love what I do and love who I get to do it with. My passion is basketball nutrition, training, and leadership. And what's cool about these three areas is that not only do they help my athletes, but they also benefit my family. When I take time to study and practice my craft, It not only makes me a better coach, but it also makes me a better parent, husband, and friend. Of course I want to learn how to create healthy snacks that taste good for my athletes, but I also know that it helps my family. And taking leadership classes and preparing motivational lessons for my team also fills me with inspiration so that when I walk in through my front door, I have positive energy to bring to my home. And the people I work with are truly the best. There's not a week that goes by when one of our coaches or even players teaches me something that later on creates a fun conversation with my wife. So for the majority of the year, when I leave the house to go to work, I'm truly sacrificing family time for my job. I'm giving up something good in the short run that makes my family better in the long run. And this became even more clear during the first couple months of COVID. Now, of course, I love the extra time at home but everyone in my family realized that our lives are enhanced by outside friendships and activities. My wife is better off when she can spend time with her girlfriends. She comes back with funny stories to share and her spirit is always lifted. And my kids are better off when they sacrifice family time to be with their friends and teammates. And when they return home from practice, not only are they better for our family, but my wife also enjoys her quiet time when they're gone. So it's easy to see how you can sacrifice family time for something even better. But there is a point where the lines are blurred and leaving my family stops being a sacrifice and just turns into bad math. I found that working 8 to 10 hours a day is fulfilling and gives me energy and topics for conversation. 
But when 8 to 10 hours turns into 12 to 14, or 5 days a week turns into 6 or 7 work days a week, my family starts to sense that my stories aren't as good, or maybe I just flat out don't have the energy to share them. And so what started as a positive sacrifice has turned into something that subtracts from my life. But the whole reason I wanted to share this about sacrifice today is because I believe it's a key principle in helping basketball players build muscle and burn fat. There's so much conflicting information on the best way to lean out or the best way to get stronger because there are so many different types of people with different goals. Although some nutrition information is just flat out wrong, most of what you read actually really works. For some people with a specific goal. Intermittent fasting, calorie counting, low carb, and all other types of diets can be great options for some people some of the time. If you're a 50-year-old office worker that doesn't have any specific fitness goals, intermittent fasting could be a great option for you. And if you're a 20-year-old bodybuilder in a mass gaining cycle, eating 2,000 calorie meals might be a great strategy. But the game of basketball has specific energy demands that end up eliminating a lot of diet plans as effective options. And I'm not a fan of using exercise as the primary way to build muscle or lean out. Of course, training creates the stimulus to pack on muscle, and working out does burn fat as your fuel source. But you don't train to change your body composition. You train to get better at basketball. You do squats and presses so that you'll be more powerful on the court. And you do conditioning to build a robust cardiovascular system for the fourth quarter. So while the general public might work out so they can look good, basketball players need to be more efficient with their training. And so that's why I believe the best way to improve body composition is with basketball-specific nutrition. So for all you athletes that want to gain 5 pounds of muscle or shed 5 pounds of body fat, I'm going to share my three favorite nutrition strategies to help you reach your goal. But now notice, I didn't say anything about gaining or losing weight. I said build muscle and burn fat. As basketball players, we really don't want to gain weight. We want to gain muscle. If it was only about weight, I could throw a 5-pound weight vest on you right now, and it would make you slower, give you less vertical, and make you more tired. And everyone knows how to lose 5 pounds. Just don't eat for a few days. But this will also rob you of energy and make you less explosive. And then since starving yourself isn't sustainable, you'll end up not only putting back on that 5 pounds you lost, but you'll also have a slower metabolism because of the muscle lost in the process. So here's where sacrifice comes in. To build muscle or burn fat, you need to give up something good for something better. Because I'm sure most of you already are being somewhat intentional with your diets. If you're listening to this podcast, you're obviously part of the 1% of athletes that are really committed to being your best. So I'm guessing you're already doing a nice job of taking care of your body. But to make it to the next level, you might have to give up something good and replace it with something better. And replacing it with something better is key. One of the biggest mistakes you can make is just giving up something good. Anytime you give something up, you create a void. If you have a sweet tooth and are accustomed to having a cookie at night, and then you just stop cold turkey eating that cookie, you're going to think about what you're missing out on all night long. I can just see you there studying, trying to focus on reading your book, but all you can think about is that dang cookie. You can tell yourself all you want, don't think about the cookie, but your mind and your stomach will talk back and say stuff like, come on, man, it's just one cookie. 
It's not that big of a deal. Let's just start this whole diet thing tomorrow. And now you might be able to hold strong for a while, but you see, the tide never gets tired. And eventually you will, and you'll give in to your sweet tooth. And so that's why we need sacrifice. We can't just simply give up something that tastes good and stop there. We have to replace it with something even better. Something that not only tastes good, but also falls in line with your goals. So I'm going to give you my top three ways to sacrifice if you want to build muscle and my top three list to sacrifice if you want to burn fat. And to be clear, I don't want you to do all of these things at once. My hope would be that you'd find just one of these suggestions that makes sense to you and then commit to practicing this one habit for the next 30 days. Now, we just heard from Dr. Ramsey Nijem last week that one of the best things you could do to increase vertical jump is to have an appropriate body fat percentage. I believe his quote was, fat don't fly. But we know that starving ourselves or doing a crash diet isn't the answer because these types of eating plans never last in the long run. And in the short run, they rob you of energy for workouts and practice. So what I found to work the best for players wanting to shed a couple pounds of fat is to eat small meals frequently throughout the day. This way, they always have energy for training and recovery, but they never have to eat too much at one sitting. A good place to start would be to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner with one or two snacks. This means that you're eating four or maybe even five times a day. And then I'd pick one of these three sacrifices for the next month and see how your body responds. And so my first go-to is sacrificing your sweet tooth for sweet fruit. We all know that sweets like cookies taste good. And for basketball players, they also supply carbohydrates to replenish muscle glycogen. Sweets definitely have a place in a healthy diet. But if you want to lean out, one strategy I personally use is to sacrifice sugary desserts for fresh fruit. Now, both taste good and both provide much-needed carbohydrates. But fresh fruit is even better because it also has a ton of micronutrients to keep us healthy and a great mix of fiber and water to keep us lean. My favorite late-night treat is a juicy nectarine with a handful of cashews. Especially on a hot summer's night, a juicy nectarine tastes like heaven. And then the crunch of the cashews also gives me longer-lasting energy and more stable blood sugar. So while the cookie and nectarine both taste really good going down, the nectarine is even better because my mind and body feel great when I finish eating. So strategy number one for the next 30 days is commit trading out a sugary dessert for fresh fruit. Now, a second way of using nutrition to lean out is to sacrifice feeling full for feeling satisfied. I know it's rewarding to finish a meal and have a full stomach, but if you want to burn fat, being stuffed should never be your goal. Instead, try eating a medium-sized meal or a snack every three to four hours throughout the day. That way, you never go too long without refueling your body, and you never have to overeat because your next meal is just a few hours away. I tell all players to never let your gas tank hit empty. And if you want to lean out, well, you also never want to overfill your tank. Instead, shoot for being 80% full. Now, you're probably thinking, what does 80% full feel like? Well, that's the best part of using this strategy is that it takes a lot of mindfulness and paying attention to how your body feels. Ask yourself, am I hungry or am I just bored or am I stressed? Or am I actually full, but I just know this dessert will taste really good? You see, our bodies are really smart, and they'll give us the right answer if we quiet our minds and listen. 
And this habit will take the full 30 days for you to figure out what 80% full feels like. And I can promise you that you'll make a lot of mistakes. You're going to question if you're 70% full or 90% full. But if you're listening to your body and asking these kind of questions, you've already won. And now my last suggestion for burning fat is to sacrifice eating fast for being fast. In today's fast-paced world, it can be challenging to find the time to sit down and eat. And so eating fast might be your only option some days if your schedule is jam-packed. But I've heard that it takes our stomach receptors up to 20 minutes to sense that we're full. And so the faster you eat, the more likely you are to overeat. Because by the time you recognize that you're full, it's too late. I know I'm guilty of this. The better a food tastes, the faster I want to eat it. So how do you eat slow? Well, try setting down your fork or spoon between every bite. Actually chew your food and explore the taste and texture. Think about where your food came from. You know, this simple thought can really improve your food choices. And by eating slow and mindful, you'll not only enjoy your food more, but you'll also be more likely to eat the right amount of food, which will keep you lean. So which lean habit suits you best? Are you going to sacrifice your sweet tooth for sweet fruit? Or feeling full for feeling satisfied? Or do you want to sacrifice eating fast for being fast? Or are you a person that wants to focus on building muscle? If so, you'll not only have different sacrifices, but you'll also have a slightly different eating schedule. If you're looking to lean out, I suggest eating four to five times a day. But if you want to gain size, I have players eat six times a day. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, with an additional three snacks throughout the day. For players that consider themselves hard gainers, it's all about finding ways to get more nutritious food in. So here's my top three things you can sacrifice to build muscle. Number one, sacrifice the snooze button for breakfast. If you're not a morning person, this is a difficult one. I'm sure there's some of you out there will argue that an extra five minutes of sleep is not only good, but maybe the best thing in the world at that time. But if you want to gain muscle, you got to get in your mind that breakfast is even better. You know, most athletes actually eat a lot when they sit down for meals. When I look at our players' food journals, they're already eating nice-sized lunches and dinners. And people's stomachs are only so big. But where we can add a significant amount of nutrition is to their breakfast, which are usually either really light or even non-existent. One of the keys to building muscle is supplying enough materials in the form of calories so your body always has the building blocks available. You can lift weights all you want, and this can get you stronger, but the only way to put on size is to eat more calories than you burn. And the best basketball breakfasts have a nice mix of carbohydrates to replenish muscle glycogen, protein to build muscle, and fat for long-lasting energy. Some good choices of carbohydrates are potatoes and still-cut oats. My favorite proteins are eggs and Greek yogurt, and my go-to fats are cashews and coconut milk. So in a perfect world, my breakfast might be eggs over sweet potatoes with a coconut milk fruit smoothie. But knowing what to do is the easy part. The challenging part is actually getting out of bed in time so you can do what you know. Try sacrificing 15 minutes of the snooze button for a muscle-building breakfast. Another way to gain muscle is to sacrifice procrastination for a post-workout meal. And procrastination isn't all bad. If it was, we wouldn't do it. If it didn't feel so good to just hang out, 
all of us would have clean cars and organized rooms. It feels good to relax after a hard training session and just feel your body buzz. But if you want to get the maximum benefit from your lift, you have to give up that good rest for the rebuilding nutrients that come in a post-workout meal. There's plenty of research showing there's a performance window right after working out where your body more easily replaces muscle glycogen. But the real reason I tell athletes to eat within 30 minutes of training is so it doesn't interfere with their next meal. If you wait too long after a workout to eat, it makes it almost impossible to get six meals in. When you want to add on pounds of muscle, the name of the game is having access to additional calories above what you use for your workouts. You need to eat enough food so that it fuels all your training, plus you have extra left over for the muscle building process. So pack a couple nutrition bars or even a PB&J sandwich in your bag, and then sacrifice the comfort of just resting so that you can start the refueling process right away. And my last tip for people wanting the scale to increase is to sacrifice satisfaction for a late night snack. Now this is easy for me to say, but I really believe that gaining weight is just as hard as losing weight if you want to do it right. Most people will look at skinny basketball players and tell them they're so lucky. They say, I wish I had your problem. I love to have to force myself to eat more. But losing and gaining weight the right way is really the same problem. They both require self-discipline and discomfort. For players wanting to lean out, they'll have to get used to the feeling of finishing a meal and not being full. That's uncomfortable. And if you want to pack on five pounds of muscle, you're going to have to get used to eating past satisfaction and actually feel uncomfortably full at times. It's the exact opposite strategy, but the same level of difficulty. And so while you might feel satisfied after a good dinner, getting that last snack in before you sleep can be a difference maker on the scale. When you want to build muscle, you don't eat because you're hungry. You eat to give your body extra fuel. So I want you to eat breakfast and a couple hours later have a snack. And then eat lunch and then a couple hours later have a snack. And then after dinner, guess what? I need you to have another snack. So while you might feel satisfied by just eating three or four meals a day, what's even better is adding that last snack to bring you up to six meals. And now if you really want to be successful, one of the best things you could do is recruit an accountability partner. The magic of making a positive change rarely happens from just learning something. I'm sure you probably already knew most of what I talked about today. But remember my favorite quote, if you know it and you don't do it, you don't know it. I personally don't need to learn anything more about nutrition or training to look good and feel good. I just have to have the self-discipline to consistently do what I know. And that's where the accountability partner comes in. And the best accountability partner I've ever had is my wife. We're actually doing a 30-day challenge right now. We're both committing to sacrificing one aspect of our nutrition every day while also getting 30 minutes of movement in. And to ensure that we finish strong, it's really helpful to start strong. The more prep work and commitment you do on the front end, the more success you'll have on the back end. And so the way we started strong is we had a long conversation to dial in our goals and make sure we both understood why we wanted to make a change. We talked about things that have derailed us in the past and strategies for avoiding or dealing with setbacks. In addition to just feeling better, some of the things my wife wanted to get out of our 30-day challenge was to slim up in her waist and lose a couple pounds of body fat. 
And I actually wanted to go in the opposite direction. I wanted to gain a couple pounds of muscle and do a better job of filling out my shirts. So here's the plan we came up with. We printed out a commitment calendar to hang on our bathroom wall, and then we wrote down our commitment to follow our nutrition plan with 30 minutes of intentional activity every day, whether that's weights, yoga, or basketball. And then we busted out the scale and tape measure so we had a starting point. We both weighed in, and then I measured her waist, and she measured my arms. And it's kind of funny because a win for me is when the scale goes up and the tape measure expands, and a win for her is just the opposite, when that tape measure gets smaller. And after we wrote the measurements and commitment on our calendar, we both signed it, and then it became real. It went from being a goal or a wish or a hope into a commitment. We turned an I want to into I have to. And here's the cool part of the calendar. For us to earn an X, we both have to complete our commitment. If I do my daily nutrition sacrifice and get my workout in, I get to make a slash on the calendar. And if Rhiannon does her nutritional sacrifice and daily movement, she slashes the date in the other direction so that together it makes an X on the calendar. And what's cool about this is that it reflects the truth that both our destinies are wrapped up in one another. The only way for me to be successful, the only way for me to get my 30 X's in a row is for her to get 30 X's in a row. And so we just finished the third week of the challenge and I've got good news. We've got a chain of success that's 21 X's long. Rhiannon has lost three pounds and I've gained three pounds. She's also lost one inch on her waist and I've gained half an inch on my arms. But even better is that we're back into the habit of eating and moving well. And there's no doubt in my mind that in another 30 days, we'll be even better off. So enough about me. This show's for you. What's the one thing that you're going to sacrifice for the next 30 days that will transform fat into muscle? What good thing are you going to give up to get something even better in return? Are you going to commit to eating breakfast every day for the next 30 days? You got to ask yourself if you want to gain muscle bad enough to say no to the snooze button. Or are you going to sacrifice your sugary snack for a healthier option? Do you want to lean out bad enough to make this one commitment? And then the real question is, do you want it bad enough to print out a calendar and hang it on your wall? Do you want it bad enough to recruit an accountability partner to pick you up when you're feeling like skipping a day? You know, the best reason for having a partner is that most of us are okay letting ourselves down. We're okay telling ourselves that we'll just start fresh tomorrow but I don't know anyone that's okay letting a friend down. So when you grab an accountability partner, not only do they win, but you also win. And if you start strong by recruiting a partner and printing out a calendar, I can almost guarantee that you'll finish strong. And so if you're in for the challenge, go to hoopcommitment.com and download a free copy of my commitment calendar. And it would be awesome if you take a picture of it on your wall with you and your partner's signatures on it and either email me a photo or tag me on social media. I'd love to hear what you're going to give up and the better thing you're going to get in return for it. And so now, to all of you who are committed, we'll earn your X.